Hi, I'm Justin Mormon. And I'm Katie Thornton, and this is the Re-Education of Schools podcast. Where we have open, honest conversations about how to better understand social-emotional learning, trauma-informed care, the whys behind student behavior, and how to help kids navigate it all as they go through school and life. Thanks for listening to part one of episode nine. This is part two. We're going to keep the conversation going. Okay, so expected or unexpected, uh, you know, now there's a, there's a crisis. So what are we going to do? Like, what, what are some things that um, we need to do during a crisis? And again, what's hard about this is a little bit is that, you know, the word crisis, it can be, I mean, a, about a billion different things, right? Yeah. But in general, very generally speaking, a kid is having a kind of a crisis moment. What do we do? Yeah, this is the kid that's probably standing up in class, maybe cursing you out. Sure. Maybe, maybe push some stuff off a desk. It's, you know, it's starting to to roll. You've noticed those triggers. Sobbing. Um, Sobbing. I just think like, again, like I think thinking we can go to like extreme, but we can go to some of the stuff that, you know, probably any teacher might randomly come across any given year too. All of a sudden you've got a kid who's like just absolutely breaking down in the class, in the hall, in between classes, as classes are switching, like there's a kid that's in crisis, you know, or like, so what are we doing? You know, what do we do? What are the things to do? I think the first thing is to to call for, you see it. So call for some support, whether it's, um, you're building administrator coming down and covering your classroom. So, cause you have the relationship with the kid and they're, they're coming to you to talk that you're the trusted adult letting your administrator cover your room. Or if we're looking at like the more extreme cases, calling for like your student response team to come down with some trained people that can help evaluate the situations. I think reading your environment, like where, where am I at? I think the first thing we do is scan the room. You know, if we're looking at like, what is this a safe environment to have this happen in right now? Where, what is the reaction of the other children in the classroom? Um, So just what is my state of mind right now like am i getting really anxious and and, and upset am i able to remain calm so i think like yeah, what re- kind of day is it what, right yeah. how much longer do we have until the yeah. next thing you know like re- or, read yeah. the room right you gotta learn to read the room uh make sure your team knows uh where to go and what to do so i think if kids are in crisis and i've already started those pre prevention type things to already start thinking about like do the other kids maybe need to go to the cafe and finish this work right now or can i Am I, do I know the student well enough? Can I get them out of the room right now to help get them regulated to re-enter them? So to protect their confidentiality, not to embarrass themselves in front of peers, right? Not to, yeah. you know, have, see some of the other kids, but some of those lower key things, right? I think kids can watch and see you respond to, to the um, child with empathy and compassion. And this is how I'm modeling working with somebody that's upset that we just don't always exit kids out. But I think we've got to really read the room and say school safety, obviously first and think about where, where would we we make this adjustment? Which teachers maybe have a planning period during this, during this, uh, this hour of Mm -hmm. high school during middle school, like who, where are those places that are empty, but still people that are available? Yeah. To go do that. Um, this is part that I think the next thing I'm going to say is we, Keep on reminding and talking about the most. Talk. Can't wait to hear what it is. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to say next. Talk less. <laughs> yeah. I will say there'll be times Justin and I are in crisis with just the two of us. We've maybe not said two words to each other <laughs> because we yeah. we can non-verbally communicate with each other. And we've done this, you know, unfortunately, we've done this lots of times where we were responding to crisis together and have the relationship to do that. But I feel like people feel like they need to talk and de- and say everything that's happening so right in front of the child while they're in crisis. It doesn't matter what has happened. It's how we are going to respond right now. We don't need to talk about it. Yeah. Our, our goal is regulation, and we'll make some 
head nods some gestures of what we think we need to do. And we're, you know, yeah. I just think people talk a lot about, and so before you came in, this happened and he's dysregulated and this is how what he said to me. And, but you know, it's yeah. like, Oh, I don't then need to did, know. Yeah, then he I, did this, then this. And, and the kids, they, he's, they, they can hear you. <laughs> yeah, they can right hear there. you. They're and right that's there. not regulating right now. We don't need to know anything when we come. We need, all I see is this kid needs help. I just need to co-regulate with him right yeah. now or get them to a regulation spot. We'll, we'll address that in post-crisis. But the the idea that we need to talk or share everything, talk about the kids, share, update every person that walks in the room, right? Yeah, I frequently just when I if I, if I do get called in and there's something that's already happening, like I frequently say, like what like what are we doing now? Like what are we what are we needing to happen have happen next? You know, so then I know like because I haven't been there the whole time, so at least I know what the rest of the team, whoever is there already what has been, you know, what is kind of the next step? Like all I need to know is what the next step is. And then we can figure stuff out from there. So like, what do we need next? And a lot of times, if you're one of the people that's been there the whole time, you may not know. And sometimes people say, I don't know what I don't, I don't know what we need to do next. And then it's okay to be like, okay, well, well, what's happening? You know, Mm -hmm. you can, you can get some of that information, but sometimes people freeze, you know, we're people still sometimes adults freeze and they don't know what the best thing to do, especially if you're not somebody that has to encounter this very often. Yeah. Or they're really dysregulated. So then sifting through an adult's dysregulation to figure out really what the core of the yeah. The problem or issue is because you're going to have a, you are too are human and your stress response might be activated. Yeah, your, your body says threat right now and you may respond. I really put in just a, uh, the reminder that we're mirror neurons. Um, I think this is what Justin does exceptionally well. Never, never, never seen you get too excited about anything, right? Just consistently. <laughs> Try not to. Calm, <laughs> right? So I think just staying calm. And if you're not able to do that, just know when to pass off being with a kid in crisis because if you are really, um, activated you're going to keep that kid dysregulated yeah, as never, well you'll never help a kid come back down like, yeah. yeah so i think it just remember they're they're feeding off your energy so if you're real hyped up then just know that you need to pass it off uh i think we say this over and over again but do not put hands on kids that is a fight or flight response as soon as you do that or a freeze for yeah, kids sure you are and it will shut them down more then yeah. you need certainly to certainly shouldn't be our go-to. Like, yeah. yeah. So that is always a last response unless you are physically being hurt or a child is going to seriously hurt themselves. I mean, I don't know how many times we'll have kids that are even um, in that like fight mode. And then we're just kind of just, you know, blocking and like s- waiting for them to come down. Cause they always come down, but we're yeah. our, our, it's never the go-to to restrain a kid because it is, it is physically difficult it is not best practice. It's not what we should be doing. Our, our job is to support and keep the child safe during that time. Yeah. And it's hard if you're trained in whatever kind of um, system that that does allow for that um, in really big crisis modes. Any time that we're heightened, we want to, as adults, we feel the pressure to get control of a situation. So it can be easy to rely on that. Especially for really little kids, I think you know. Especially mm-hmm. for like the really young ages, because I can, be, right? Yeah, it I'm, can be I'm easy to want to rely on that. Um, so it's hard. You have to like really consciously, and I know nobody hopefully makes those decisions lightly to do those things. But um, but yeah, just be really aware. I think of yourself and where you're at before you would ever make that decision. You know, if you're yeah. not, if you recognize that you're fairly heightened, you probably should you know, back out and make, make that, let somebody else make that decision. That's not as involved or invested yeah. in this moment, you know, already. 
Yeah, I was going to put watch for signs of tension reduction. You know, well, once you know your kids really well with the relationships, you're like, as soon as this kid's going to cry, then he's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. Or some kids, you'll start seeing their their heart rate will start. I you know when the heart rate's racing, sometimes I'll just feel the heart rate like, oh, okay, they're not ready yet. Yeah, sure. Or they're starting their their breath is still real pacey. Yeah. So they're that's a heightened stress response. So wait to see the breath kind of come back down, the heart rate to come back down. They're able to rationally talk to you. Um, some kids we see that are at like more heightened crisis that. They'll even say, I can't see you. I can't hear. They can't hear or see you. They are literally, we talk about out of your mind. Some of the kids that we see that are in those heightened crisis, they, that's not the time to rationalize them, but they'll start coming down. You'll start seeing, they'll be able to start making logical sense. They'll start talking with you in a, in a conversational way. You ask them out, you're maybe asking them questions, which isn't great necessarily if they're in the middle of a crisis. But if you, if you are asking them questions, like to recognize that they they may be saying, I don't know a lot. Well, they can't think, you know, they can't, they can't even process the questions. And so to keep kind of. Pepper and they're like, what were you thinking when you did this? And they're like, I why don't did know. you like, do I that? Don't. They can't, you know, they just can't. And so to give again, to be able to understand, uh, you, you made the point already, but just not talking very much at all. And again, especially in those moments, not talking futuristically, I think we can get to like, well, this is what's going to happen. And we start saying those kinds of things. Well, they can't. They're, you know, that state-dependent functioning kind of idea. Like, they're not in a state that can even uh, think futuristically. They're down to thinking about, you know, minutes ahead. Maybe even, you know, a dozen minutes ahead. Well, if we're talking about, you know, Thursday and it's Monday, well, that doesn't help them. Or if we're talking about the end of the day and it's 10 o'clock, that doesn't help them. They can't do it. And so threats of that I think is sometimes where we land if you don't do x thing then you're not going to get whatever or this thing is going to happen or we're going to call whoever if you don't do what we're asking like they can't they can't think in the future they're stuck until they can come back down I would say that's one of the biggest ahas as we do trainings for people they're like that makes sense like because we're always like you're not going to go on the field trip next week if you can't well they're in crisis guess what they don't care about the field trip next week they don't even know what next week is yeah so think about things just really in the next minutes or seconds and i think um like you said that goes back to dr perry's work about just really thinking about kids and how brains actually work um are there i have two more things then i want you to i want to ask you to talk about something but i was just like just let there be a lead we need to know who's in charge maybe it's an administrator or or someone very trained in your building let's maybe be the lead i think we're trying to figure out who's on first that's sure. really tricky and no if you don't have the capacity or the experience to be on first don't be on first right yeah so figure out figure out that part and then know when to tap out um and then i see one of the huge problems i see that we continue to still kind of sift through is a little bit of a rubbernecking situation like yeah. i yeah. was maybe the the teacher that was in crisis or heard the crisis or whatever and then like people and somehow we have eight or ten people with a kid in the room it's like well there's 300 other kids in the school. Like what everybody else, we need to go down to just a few people that need to be there. Everybody else, you have to be okay with walking out and being knowing that the people that are remaining are there. Yeah. Knowing what your role is, right? Your role, uh, there are plenty of times that there are (laughs) crises. It makes our building sound insane, but like there, I mean, there are times that there are crises that, you know, a radio call will come in and I'm, I stay Mm -hmm. with, I stay with my kids. That's my role in that moment is stay with my own kids and make sure that things keep functioning well there. Yep. And, uh, that, and make sure that, you know, there doesn't happen to be another crisis that occurs. You don't, you don't want to start getting two and three crises going at once. Yeah. Right. That's when, that's when things all of a sudden you're spread real thin and it gets real crazy. So you, so a lot of people's roles, most people's roles are going to be to stay and help things just keep functioning as normal. Yeah. Right? And that's hard sometimes because you, you do want to potentially be involved or, or sometimes we think we can help 
And that may be even true, but maybe that's not your role today. Yeah. You know? And then, yeah, I think that's it. We don't all want to respond. So then we have a lot of crisis going on and yeah. I have been in a situation where that has happened. Yes. And all of a sudden I don't even know where to send people. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, because we're short staffed or whatever. And it was like, Oh, today was not the day for that. So, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. We mismanaged where our people were. Yeah. In yeah. some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, one thing I think you do exceptionally well is to talk to kids in crisis. Do you want to just share a little bit about like some of the reflective language you use and some of those, um, um, you, I've just always noticed you say, I hear you. I see like, it's not about those questions, yeah. but just some of the tech questioning techniques or like the way you talk to kids in crisis, which I find to be really masterful. I, yeah. I think, I mean, one, and it can sound like you're pandering a little bit, but like kids, what uh, it's what brains need, I think. And, um, so there are a lot of times that kids can be really upset and they're saying all kinds of stuff and be like, yeah, I can hear, I hear you. Like, I know that you're really upset. Like, I know that you're really angry i even started doing it right then like i was thinking like i i get quieter mm-hmm. like as they get louder i get quieter and um and and do say like you know like i hear that you're really mad you know you get potentially in really extreme situations and i know not every situation is going to be like this but in really extreme situations you get a lot of like like i'll i'm gonna kill you like i hate you like you're you're this you're racist you're you know yeah. all kinds of stuff just starts getting yeah. said that are that can be potentially like triggering for you for adults and probably has been in the past and and might be the kids go to to say just because they're angry and they're trying to convey they're angry and so i i'll say that a lot like i hear that you're really upset like i hear that you're really upset i know you're really upset right now i'm sorry that you're really upset right now i'm sorry this has been a hard morning sorry this has been a hard afternoon i know nobody likes it when they have a hard afternoon like that's and it's a lot of those kinds of things over and over um, because it, it helps kids come back down. It helps the brain come back down. I also tend to like try to point out how they're feeling. Like it seems again, like it seems like you're really upset. There's work that's been done by all kinds of smart people that are smarter than me, um, where I've kind of gleaned that from and pointing out how a person is feeling or how it seems like they're feeling. It's, and it's important. Like it seems like, as opposed to you're really angry right now. Well, it seems like you're really angry right now. Maybe the kid wouldn't identify that they're angry, but it seems like you are. But it actually, every time that those kinds of things get said, it actually helps your brain like calm down a little bit more, calm down a little bit more. It's something about being seen, I think, mm-hmm. and somebody understanding you a little bit. Um, and it's not, again, it's not necessarily magic. I think it's science is really what it comes down to. Um, but it can feel like it can feel, it can feel like magic. People are watching it and they're like, well, you're just really good at talking to kids like this and they calm down for, or they calm down for you. Well, they calm down for whoever's quiet and whoever's, not you know not dysregulated with them you know, you're essentially they, co-regulating with them yeah it is yeah. and i think that it's still making them feel like there's a back and forth there's a connection there's a conversation but you're not required i'm not requiring anything from them you know to say like oh it seems it seems like you're really upset like i'm sorry you're really upset kids will be like i hate you i hate kids that i've had that you know really get into like i hate you everybody hates you and i'm like well i'm sorry that you hate me like i'm I'm sorry. And I don't even land. I know a lot of people land like, well, I really like you. Like I know I'm all, that makes me sad that you hate me. That's a, that means nothing in those yeah. moments. That means absolutely nothing. Just to say like, well, I'm sorry. That's how you, you know, I'm sorry. That's how you're feeling right now. Like I, nobody likes to feel like they hate somebody. Like yeah. that's, that's really hard when you feel hate. Like that's yeah. hard. I, I can understand that. Like that's really hard that you're feeling that this morning. Like that's helpful. And it also helps the kid not like, it's not throwing it back on the kid, right? Who wants to throw back on a kid that's so dysregulated, you might be a person that interacts with them daily, and now you're saying, "Well, you're making me really sad." Well, they're already they're having a moment. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't need to also now feel guilty and then feel even more guilty afterwards. 
because they come back down, they realize things that they've said were hurtful and I don't know. You don't need to make some kid own that. Hopefully we're adults and we can regulate ourselves enough. And again, like Katie was saying, like, I think if you're not in that spot and it is getting to you in that moment, cause it can, and we're humans and nobody loves to hear that. Like, I don't love being told that I'm the worst. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like I don't like that. But I think if it's getting to you that day, you need to be able to look at somebody and say, Hey, why don't we switch out mm -hmm. so I can take a minute. Mm -hmm. Or we need to also be super receptive to people that we hopefully trust and teams that we work with coworkers of ours looking at us and saying, Hey, do you want to switch out? I think maybe why don't you go get a drink for a minute? Yeah. And why don't oh, Hey, can you go check on like my room while I sit here? Like maybe take those cues yeah. as somebody saying like, Hey, maybe it's your time to walk away, which is hard to do. That's yeah. That's hard for me to do. Yeah. I would say once you get that team established in your building, it will be such a, if you practice and, do this a lot. It'll be that well oiled machine of people. You just really are such a trusting relationship that yeah. I hope that's where the buildings will end up landing after this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So then after a crisis, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a later episode ish, yeah. but I do think it's important for us to talk a little bit about it now. Um, maybe quickly, what do you do after a crisis? Like after it's over, kids calm again. Yeah. Adults are calm again. Now what? Yeah. There may be some state or federal laws that require you to debrief after a crisis. Your team really should get together and have that reflective yeah. conversation. Yeah, even if a government doesn't make you. You, you, you should, should probably, yeah, you should do we probably really should do that. Um, we're going to talk about restoring the relationships in a future episode, so I won't belabor that. I think the one thing I'm going to say is document, document, document. Mm, you yeah. have to write reports, uh, non-emotional, detailed reports, not I think or I feel or the kid was mad. That tells us nothing, but logistically, probably another episode maybe on report writing. Let's plan mm, on doing that because I a feel fun one to listen to. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about well, documenting, documenting yeah. uh, in depth. But like for your sake, the child's sake, and um, to have some information, you really need to be writing reports within that time frame to write down exactly what happens because you will forget you caught up in your emotions, right? Um, and then I think looking at what interventions are we need to provide in the future. And then, um, again, debrief, debrief, and document. Yeah. Like I can't say that enough. And we'll talk about the restoring piece, which is also the next critical piece. Yeah, and I think maybe the biggest thing I'll talk about during this like afterwards part is sometimes we get a kid to calm back down and the crisis part of it is over and we are afraid that we're going to like start it back up again. So we avoid we avoid like um, processing the situation with a kid in the name of fear of it happening again. And what we do when we do that is we miss out on the opportunity to let the kid know that um, we're still safe, trusted adults that care about them. We miss out on an opportunity to, again, depending on the situation, who knows what it could be, but we miss out on the opportunity to hopefully show that there are um, consequences for our actions, uh, that it doesn't just go away when everything's back okay again and we're feeling good again. Life, life doesn't move on. There's potentially hurt relationships that have happened or things that need to re be repaired and restored. And I know, again, we'll touch on that again later. Um, but I think we, we miss out on a lot of good opportunities to build relationship with kids because we're afraid that they're going to get amped back up again. And, uh, and so we just avoid it. And I think that that's, that's not great. Like do it, go do like the, the, you know, the conversation with the kid afterwards, ask them questions about what happened, get their perspective. Sometimes we make a lot of decisions without ever getting the kid's perspective. And we realize now we've made like this massive amount of plan and really in the kid's head, they were mad because 
of one thing. And we assumed this whole time that it was something else that we saw happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the kid's mind, it was actually two steps before that. And we just never got to the root of that because we never talked to him about it. And cause we were afraid they were going to get mad again and yeah. we didn't want to do that. And so you have to be willing to talk about it. We're terrible about this just in our own personal lives. A lot of times, <laughs> like something's done, we feel like it's done and we don't want to rehash it. It's hard for mm -hmm. us to rehash it. Um, we have emotions that connect to that too, but I, it's really important. So you actually have to do some kind of post crisis, uh, again, like processing with a kid and processing as a team. Really, really important. Yeah. And we're going to address that. I think yep. in episode 11, really episode just, 11, yeah, yeah, we're going to just talk all about post crisis. All right. So, uh, what do we want with people to walk away knowing? I think it's just essential to have a strong trauma-informed team, like that pre-education piece, really, so that you are. We are prevention-oriented, and I think this is the push that's happening, uh, that without speaking can support kids and set boundaries. I think the boundaries, boundaries, boundaries give space, restorative practices that we're going to talk about that allow them to know that we love them, we have them, and that we're here for you during the good times and the bad times. That's how we're going to build the resiliency with kids. Um, we are the steadiness, the consistency and the resilient builders for our kids. And um, we will make those lasting impacts that adults are the safe, trusted, trusted space even in their worst moments. Yeah. I was just thinking prepare and prevent, right? Yeah. Those are, those are the keys. Prepare for situations as best you can. Can't always prepare for everything, but prepare as best you can. And then uh, do all of the work to be preventative that you can. Um, even with all that, there's going to be stuff that comes up. And when those moments come up... Uh, there can be teams. Maybe you're not a person that's that team. Uh, still don't shy away from those moments, though. Don't shy away from uh, being involved in some way that's appropriate. And Because uh, I think if you don't allow yourself to sit in an uncomfortable moment with kids, you're never going to feel comfortable being in an uncomfortable moment with kids. And I think that it's okay to do that, to do that and be a part of it, even if you're, maybe you're not taking the lead. Um, so obviously, you know, seek out the right help, but but don't underestimate your impact as being mm -hmm. a um, calm person, even if you're not the trained one that's done all of the whatever. Like, it's still, if you can be a calm person in the moment, you can have a ma massive impact on a kid in crisis. So definitely uh, own that. Yep. Well, hey, this is, we could this talk about this one for a long time. Yeah, this we? is we, essentially the, the work. I mean, yeah. like, right? Like, trying to really help support kids even at the worst moments. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate you guys joining in this conversation yeah. with us. As always, it's exciting to uh, have, the, have you apart. Um, hopefully, you're really enjoying and being able to um, – get information that's helpful and put some stuff in practice from some of these podcasts, let us know. As always, we really want to know what your thoughts are, what your questions are, um, what, uh, what topics you'd like us to talk about in the future. Yeah. I think we'll have our names, our email addresses, like LinkedIn, all of the, yeah. summary of the episode and yeah. things like that, reach out to us. Yeah. We love if that. you're trying to get a team response team together or like you need to structure organized stuff, like reach out. We'll help you. Yeah. We'll help you get those things, systems in place. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Appreciate you being with us. Now let's go out there and do the work. Let's do it.